every business should have access to high-speed internet, no matter where they are. But getting fast speeds in rural Canada hasn't always been easy, which meant less reliability, scalability, and connectivity. ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions has the network to help you do business virtually anywhere in Canada. With extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're bringing the high speeds of the big city to small towns, to tiny towns, and even no towns. No matter your business size or location, get connected today with ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions. Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices of women entrepreneurs in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, guests will speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. Each one inspires us all to take up space within our own communities and within the business world reminding us that each path can be messy and unique. Join us on the journey, clearing a new path. This year, Tarina Rizzoli celebrates 10 years as an accomplished business owner and denturist at Rizzoli Denture and Implant Clinic. Not bad for someone who says she was an okay student and that she felt she had to work much harder than most to get the grades needed for the denturist program. But now it's a labor of love. After being in business for several years, she realizes just how many folks needed her services and the confidence that improving someone's smile can bring. As a small child, Tarina remembers her mom consistently putting herself last. And without insurance, Tarina recalls her mom having painful toothaches and always wished she could help her in some way. That is what sparked her interest in the dental field. Tarina comes from a long line of entrepreneurs. Her parents both also owned a business and ran a farm. You could say it was in her blood. But it certainly hasn't been easy. As the mom of three children, including a set of twins, balancing family and a business has had its pressures and challenges. Where do you hail from? Where in rural and remote Canada are you? I am 25 minutes west of Edmonton, Alberta, in a smaller town called Stony Plain. Not too long to get to the edge of Edmonton, so it's nice. Did you grow up there? I ha- I did not. I grew up northeast of Edmonton, about two and a half hours, in a small town called Lac La Biche. So you like smaller towns. What What is it that appeals to you about, you know, having a business, having a family in a smaller community? You know, for me, from growing up in a smaller town, I think I was so used to going to the grocery store and you knew this person, you knew that person, or of course my parents knew them. And 
Um, or you see, you go to school with all your family. You're, all of my cousins were always in my class or, or, you know, a few classes or grades below me. So it was all of the familiar faces that I loved and still love. And um, when I moved to Edmonton from Lac La Biche to go to school for, uh, to be a denturist, at first I, it was so hard to adjust to because, you know, I told my parents, there's so many people here, but it feels so lonely because it, you know, you feel like you don't know a soul, right? Especially when you're coming from a small town where you can probably go to town and you see like 10 people for sure that you're almost engaging in conversation with. So I think that I wanted to get back to that. Um, and my original plan was to go back to Lac La Biche, but then I met my now husband and we settled in Stony Plain and um, he goes to St. Albert, which is another, it's a city, uh, outer city from Edmonton. So he commutes to St. Albert and our house is less than 10 minutes from my clinic in Stony Plain. Why did you decide to go into dentistry? I had an interest in dentistry when I was quite a bit younger. Um, we grew up, we didn't get to go to the dentist all the time. Um, but then when, when there wasn't a, you know, a time to go to the dentist, myself and my brothers were of course always the first to go. And I always, my mom had kind of put herself on the back burner and I remember her up late at night and she had toothaches and, you know, getting a tooth pulled or having to get different dental procedures done. Um, but I was kind of putting herself last as now I see most, you know, all of us mothers do that. So I remember thinking as a little girl that I would become a dentist one day and I'll fix all her teeth for free and we won't have to worry about that. And, you know, kind of, um, take that problem that we had or that my mom had, it seemed and, and do it all for free was my little girl thinking, right? I soon realized going to dentistry is super competitive and I wasn't, the most academic. I applied myself, but I didn't always have the best marks. So I looked at different dentistry options and a denture clinic, or I should say a denturist was one of them. So, and that was the, you also had the ability to own your own clinic, just like a dentist or a hygienist took that and ran with it. And nobody in my family had dentures at all, like not even my grandparents. So it's definitely, um, kind of an unknown sector of dentistry that I was getting into because I had never seen a set of dentures ever. So it was, it was different, but it, it all obviously worked out. And why did you go into business for yourself? I mean, you could have joined, you know, another, an existing denture clinic, right? Like, I mean, you decided to go into business yourself. Yeah. I, my parents have been entrepreneurs and they had, uh, uh, oil field trucking company for 32 years, I think. So I, I think that we always had that um, encouragement coming from them. You know, you try to do your own thing, make your own way, be your own boss, and, and always hope that it works out the best. And so with our parents' encouragement, all three of us kids uh, are business owners, which is great. But that's wow. something that I always wanted for myself is I never wanted to be reliant on anyone else for any type of, you know, finances. And I, I wanted to be a self-sustained woman. And so you are, and there have got to have been some obstacles, some challenges being in business yourself. Can you share some of those with us? Yeah, I think like going into business, I was 
I didn't really know what I was remotely even doing at first. I mean, I, I knew how to make dentures. That was it. And that's a small part of owning your own business is, um, you know, obviously the, the product that you're turning out is, is one thing, but running it was another hurdle and knowing even where to begin. So, um, I had some help along the way from the Métis Nation of Alberta. I've also had uh, some help along the way with Apitogason. Um, and these are companies or, or, you know, organizations that are looking to help not only just Métis entrepreneurs, but women Métis entrepreneurs. So I think that that definitely helped me in a huge way in starting my business, as well as, you know, the direction of where to even begin to start it how to incorporate your name. Um, and then once you pick an opening day, how do you, how do I get patients to come to my clinic? So pre-advertising and, you know, I didn't buy a clinic and kind of walk into it. It was started up from scratch and put your name in the paper and you hope that somebody needs a set of dentures. <laughs> and that's <laughs> kind of what, that's exactly what I did. I pre-advertised, finally got my space open and sat there at the front reception desk and just waited for that phone to ring. And, and it, it did the first day and I was shocked and I thought, Oh my goodness, somebody knows my phone number. Yes. And, uh, this, <laughs> this little sweet, sweet lady from, um, one of the senior homes in town needed a repair. So she was still able to drive. So she drove over and her front tooth broke out and I'm like, let me repair that for you. <laughs> I have all the time. So, you know, starting off, doing one patient a week was obviously really stressful. Uh, but I mean, it got easier. We got busier as we got our name out there. And, and, um, I think part of the challenge was I was 24 years old when, uh, when I, I started this, uh, clinic. So I think being that age was challenging, uh, hiring staff. That was a definite challenge. Everybody was, was quite a bit older than me. So, giving direction to an employee that my first employee was um, almost 40 years older than me. So wow. there was definitely some challenges with that. And, uh, and then I got married and we bought a house and eventually after that, we started having a family. So being a female, there's that added sometimes complication, sometimes stress, of how do I own my business? How do I operate it and start a family, be home with a baby, be a good mother, but also still like for me, be a good denturist. How do I do that? And it, that was a big challenge for me is how do I balance that all? Um, and my husband is also a denturist and he has his own denture clinic. So it kind wow. of felt like, you know, he just got to go to work and keep seeing his patients and do his thing. And I was at home and with a new baby and um, still trying to keep things afloat at work. And it was, at first it was very challenging. So I did take a little bit of a maternity leave, but I was back seeing patients probably two months after. So my son was two months old and I was back periodically seeing patients. And then a year and a bit later, we were expecting twins. So that was another hurdle excitement. Oh my gosh. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is a lot. So who did you rely on during those times? I mean, who did you, who did you reach out well, to during I, those times? So many people. We ended up after having the twins, 
uh, we hired a nanny because I, we had, my son wasn't quite yet two when the twins are born. So three kids under two, the business, my husband's business, it was too much. So we ended up hiring a nanny and that did immensely help with the kids in our home life. Um, mm -hmm. and she was there during the working hours, Monday to Friday, she would come at eight and be gone at four, four thirty. So that helped my, my home life for my work. I have a girl that is, she's the denturist that works with me. Um, her name is Jen. We started off friends. We went to school together and she ended up coming to work for me. And I will never be able to thank her enough for essentially running the business while I was having kids. So, you know, you have a, you have a big support system when you do stuff like that, right? Well, that's it. And, and I think that women in particular need that additional support system. I think, um, you know, not to say men don't, but during those times when you're trying to run a business and you've got a family and you've got stuff at home and so many responsibilities and you're expected to be a super person, super woman, right? So yeah. you need to, you need to have some sort of support. So having that support system and talking about it, you know, like I, I think, mm -hmm. uh, as women, we're just expected to do it and not talk about how hard it is. Yeah. I think that's what I'm, a, I'm big to you know share my story because it was not easy and it was not flawless. When I had the twins, before I had the twins, I was on bed rest in the hospital for almost two months. So you not even being able to be at home was another challenge, but it, you know, really it takes a village. If you don't have that village around you, I think there's other resources that you, a person can tap into. There's, you know, especially around Stony Plains, Bruce Grove, there's these mommy connection groups and these people that are willing to lend a helping hand when you, when you need it. If you don't have, let's say family, or if your husband doesn't work home at, at home, maybe he works away in camp. Maybe he's in a different line of work where you can't always be there. So it's definitely, definitely challenging as a, a female. So what's your message then to, you said you were 24. So that's, that's a young woman to be starting off on her own. What would you say to a 24 year old woman who's living in a remote area thinking about starting her own business? What advice would you give her and, and what resources would you uh, tell her to look for, I guess, in her own community? I think my, what I would tell that person would be, as hard as it sounds, as many hurdles as there will be, don't be your own biggest hurdle. Because I think that's what sometimes we're guilty of is looking at this idea and thinking that's not going to work or it's going to take too much work. And I can't, you think of all the reasons why you can't do it, but really you, you are, you're probably your own biggest hurdle as to why you can't make that decision and look only forward. For me, time has flown by so fast. The first year, there was definitely times where I questioned, did I make the right decision? Was there enough people in town to have another denturist? Um, and fa we're fast forwarding 10 years that I've been in business. And it's shocking how fast that went by. And I'm so glad that as scary as it was, I went ahead with that decision. Um, I kind of went, all in. 
each community is going to have different support services if you don't have your friends and your family. And if you do, I think we're also guilty for not asking for help when it's so close by, especially with babies. I had three babies at home and there was many times where I probably could have asked for help um, in different situations, but I thought, well, you know, I really don't need to be, I have a nanny and that's, that definitely helped. Our twins were really colicky and they, they cried all the time. And so sometimes you kind of can drive yourself crazy, but you don't have to, there's, there's more people willing to help you than you realize. Sometimes you just have to ask. And I think that's the hardest part. Yeah, I agree. You're an indigenous uh, entrepreneur. We didn't mention that, but um, what are some of the particular challenges that you think indigenous entrepreneurs have? I think indigenous entrepreneurs, um, unfortunately, are, are facing an added challenge uh, when starting a business. And this does not specifically apply to me. I mean, I, I didn't grow up on a reserve. So I think sometimes with these entre indigenous entrepreneurs, maybe they didn't have the best home life. Maybe they did. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But I think from, from what we've learned, there's a lot of indigenous entrepreneurs that have had a, obviously an unfortunate history. And I think we're, we're all really coming to realize how unfortunate that was. Stemming from that has been sometimes an, an unhealthy upbringing. So I think that just there's some added challenges with maybe you know, the roots that they have and, and some, some unhealthy parts of, of growing up for some of them. And I think that that's just an added challenge with maybe having the confidence of going ahead and starting a business, thinking that they can do it, thinking that they're smart enough. And, and of course they are, I mean, they're of course, right. Um, mm -hmm. As well as sometimes being racially profiled and, and I, and I serve on, um, a board, it's called um, the NACA board. So it's an abbreviation for the National Aboriginal Aboriginal Capital Corporation Association. And um, this advisory board looks at, you know, what are some of the things that hold back Indigenous entrepreneurs? And unfortunately, some of it is racial profiling when you go want to go to the bank and you want to get a loan. Sometimes you're not as successful as somebody that is not Indigenous. And that's unfortunate. I myself have been extremely lucky. The Métis Nation of Alberta has been so helpful, um, as well as many other resources related to the Métis Nation of Alberta. I specifically don't feel like I've had any hurdles that way. Um, I've been very, very lucky and fortunate. But um, I think I, I would be so fortunate to help others that are Indigenous and um, are looking to do the same thing that I'm doing and to kind of give them any type of advice or help that I could. Oh, that's, a, that's a really good point. And my question is, how can we all be better allies? How can all of us together amplify each other? What can we do to make sure that all voices are heard? It starts with a conversation and it starts with open dialogue. And it starts with, sometimes it starts, I think, with a handful of people starting the conversation and maybe showing their weaknesses or showing their struggles that they've had and not be insecure about sharing that with others. And sometimes when you share those struggles and insecurities, you realize so many people like you have the same ones. Um, and then you, you kind of spark this conversation of, 
that's me too. And I've, this is what I, this is what I was worried about going forth. And sometimes when you're in different stages of your career, I mean, I'm 10 years into it. Maybe you would trigger that. Okay. Maybe I can do it. She did it. Why can't I, you know? And I think being an ally is being open to sh share your mistakes so that maybe the next person doesn't make the same mistake. And, uh, it, I think it starts there. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that we have so much shame about talking about our reality, you know, that when really I think it can connect us more so than isolate us. So totally. Yeah. If you're relatable, you can, you can really connect to more people. Nobody wants to hear a perfect, flawless success story because they don't think there is one. And that's not relatable because it's not true. There, every person is going to reach some kind of hurdle. Um, and it, I think it's just how you deal with the hurdles it is hopefully where you're going to connect to others. I'm going to ask you what one thing is that women listening can do today. If they have an idea, like you thought, you know, you wanted to go into dentistry and then you started your own clinic sitting, you know, at the reception desk waiting for the calls. Um, what's one thing that uh, a woman listening can do today to start her entrepreneurial journey? I think today, and, I, and I'm going to probably put it in two scenarios. If you are sitting at home with no post-secondary specific to what you want to do, I think today it starts with picking up a book or a computer and saying, how can I, what kind of courses do I need? Where do I even start? So I'm talking, you have, you graduated high school. And if you didn't graduate high school, how can I upgrade? How can I get that diploma? And it could be 10 years later. It could be more. It doesn't matter. How can I start getting the schooling that I need to get to the program that I want to get into? And that I, I didn't have the marks that I needed to even get into um, the dentures program at Nate, which is the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. I had to do a full year of upgrading. So it, it started somewhere. And I think that's what you have to do is what school would you go to? What kind of classes do you need? And it starts there with picking a program that would get you to where you want to be, making a goal for yourself. <laughs> what do I need to do to be in school next September? What kinds of things do I need to cross off a list? Make yourself a goal sheet or a vision board, make a vision board. And it starts with something <laughs> so simple as that. Or you've gone to school and, and you have all the the criteria to be, or you are you are in your career, but you don't own your own business. I think for me, it started with, is there a need for another clinic, let's say, in the area, if I thought there was, which I did. There's resources around you. And, and I mean, each city or small town is going to be different. For me, my resource was the Métis Nation. There's steps to, to, to take to start your own business. The first step is start a business plan. And there's tons of ways to start a business plan. Um, and usually your business plan is going to tell you whether it's a viable idea or not. And I think it's important to look at that business plan, take it seriously. And if the, the signs are pointing to it's maybe not the most viable, don't be offended by your, your own idea. Maybe it's not the most viable. Maybe it's a bad idea. That was the point of the business plan. You don't want to invest time and money and, and start a project that maybe isn't going to be that successful. I think if you do the business plan, that's your first step in the right direction to seeing, should I do this? Is it, is it going to be worth it? 
am I going to be able to make my money back and can I sustain a living off of it? And I think those are kind of the first steps uh, to, to go in the right direction. It's fantastic advice. So get your schooling, work out a plan, make yourself a vision board and a goal. And if you already have the education that you need, start a business plan to see if you can make it work. Thank you so much, Tarina, uh, for joining us today. And um, what an inspiration you are. Uh, it's lovely to speak thank to you. you. Thank you. It was, a, it was lovely speaking to you. And um, thank you so much for asking me to be a part of this. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and leave a review. It really helps others find us. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm, and the music branding is by Imagine a Dev Studios. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Temp Center, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to this studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie, Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. We will speak to many people across Turtle Island, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of Indigenous communities and reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth for the opportunity for love and connection, and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time, 